Hello. Do you need to spray? I feel like you need to spray. <laughs> Literally. Oh my god. I still need to get some. Yeah. So good. You're gonna have to Amazon that. Mm-hmm. You can. I will. All right. Well, um, welcome to the Earth Sober Now What podcast. I guess we should introduce ourselves. I mean, that would be the polite thing to do. You're sober now what? Yeah. Now what? It's really focusing on the now what. It is. <laughs> this is my friend Tamar Medford. And this is my friend Lane Kennedy. <laughs> and we're here hanging out with you talking about all good things. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Gen Xer, because we were, I mean, we were talking about like the music and like the God, trends yes. of the nineties. That was a good time. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. So good. And I just happened to get sober in the nineties. Thank goodness for that. I think 1990 is when I started my career. I was 14 then. <laughs> wow. So, oh my God. Okay. You're aging me. Don't. <laughs> needless to say, mm -hmm. I, there's a lot of memories when I listen and go back and listen to nineties music. I had the other day after we were talking about it though, I added that to my workout list and I had quite a good workout. Like there's just some good tunes back then. So good. Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Alanis Morissette, mm -hmm. Lenny Kravitz. <gasps> I went to that concert. Okay. Charday. you know, like what happened to Charday, man? What? Like, hello. Are half these people still alive? I don't know. It was real. I, I, uh, yeah, really good music, really good concerts. <gasps> Lollapalooza. Epic. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, <gasps> the Red Tony. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a good time. Yeah, I went to Lenny Kravitz when Blind Melon opened up for him and nice. he urinated on the crowd. I oh, saw great. that. I uh, saw that. That's not right. No, it's not right, but it was a very memorable concert. Uh, yeah, that would be. Yeah. Um, Are you going to go away? Was like my theme song. <laughs> The cool thing about music is that it locks in memories, right? It's so emotional and you can change your mood in a moment. Yeah. I love it. It's delicious. I used Pearl Jam to write my first book. Really? Yeah. Did you just have like replay, repeat? Yep. Oh. It brought back a ton of memories. So that helped. I mean, it can come in mm -hmm. handy. That's for sure. <laughs> yes music fills the soul it does so yeah if you're uh you know our variety listening to <laughs> 90s music we're so glad that you found us we are and chatting about the now it so we have questions and yeah. if you go to our website yoursobernowit.com. There's a little button in the top right-hand corner that you can click on and enter a question or Lane had this great idea. Would you rather? Yeah. Would you rather? 
So reach out to us, let us know, and we'll answer it on the show. And today we actually, we have some questions. We have mm-hmm. a question. Yeah. We've already gotten a couple, which is exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. I love answering questions. I don't know how I'm going to respond. So I'll read out the question. So one of our listeners said, how do you practice acceptance when you clearly are not compatible with someone and perhaps mm-hmm. later learned a lesson? from this person. Ghosting came to mind, like when I very first read, cause it was old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not how do anymore. I accept someone. Yeah. How do I accept one, someone when I don't like them or I don't, <laughs> when I don't agree with them, yes. when I think they're an asshole, <laughs> when I think they are wrong. Right. I think that's, uh, I always go back to, it's like all about me right? The emotional wellness journey is all about me and trying to find how I fit in the puzzle, right? We have a huge puzzle called life and each person, each moment is just one little tiny puzzle piece. And half of the puzzle pieces aren't even flipped over yet. Okay. So do I accept that person? I don't know, but they fit in the puzzle. Mm-hmm right? They have to be there. I have to have that experience. So it goes back to my journey, my acceptance of myself. And that's where mindfulness comes into play. That's why I love the practice of mindfulness. How do you do it? How do you, how do you accept? Uh, that's something I've really had to work hard on, I think, Mm. because I used to be, so I have these, I found out I had last year, I have these codependent traits, which I'm not, I'm not happy about that. And I'm like more seriously. And my main one though, was allowing the behaviors of others to affect me. Mm. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and in our space that can happen even with people that don't know you. Right. And I used to get terribly offended and now I'm like, well, you don't know me. You don't know me. And (laughs) But the same thing, right? I think that because I've worked on my emotional sobriety, which we'll talk about later, I don't allow that to happen anymore. And I look, it's their part. I have more empathy in my life now. So if somebody annoys me or pisses me off or says something that I'm like, okay, I don't like being around you. Like I can, I choose how I, I react to that or respond to that. And I just can't anymore. Sometimes it's just better not to respond. Oh, do not respond. Don't answer. Pause. Do not hit that red button or you can hit the red button and pause. (laughs) Maybe that's it. Yeah. Do not answer. Do not interact. Yeah. I had something happen uh, when the pandemic first hit and I just went back to that moment. It was not a fun moment interacting with a large group of people with a large, uh, many personalities. And uh, I had to be emotionally stable and sober through this argument. People were arguing. I am not good with that kind of um, conflict when people raise their voices and somebody called me a bully. And I was like, whoa, what's happening here? Uh, and I literally had to pause. I, I, I just, I stood there. I shut off my camera and I paused and I just took a breath. Oh, 
I have not come back from that moment. 100%. I'm at like 98%. Mm Uh, I had to really dig deep and look at like what, you know, what was going on for me in that heated moment where people were arguing and yelling at me and calling me a bully, um, and how different people react to different situations, right? Everybody's coming to the table with different ideas and how they are going to respond and having a a flexible mindset, you know, how you, you talk about this in the work that we do, um, makes all the difference, right? Instead of having a fixed mindset, having that kind of more emotional, uh, well, resiliency and, oh, still being like, I'm missing that 2%. Like I go back to that time. Like I just did like 30 seconds ago. And I'm like, right. I want that to go away. Mm -hmm. So I have to really, I have to dig deeper into my belief system. Like what's wrong with me? Why am I being still affected by that? Why am I still charged about that one moment? You know, Oh, it's deep work. It is. Nobody likes to be called a bully. Let me just tell you that right now. Like who does that? Who call like who assholes, you know, like, like who's tomorrow? You're a bully. Like who does that? Yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm going to have to yeah. work on that. <laughs> it's like when somebody calls you out, it's like, who, like, no, there is a way to have a conversation and a discussion about an incident or a moment. Mm. Isn't there? See, this is my so. judgment. Judgment's coming out right now. My judgment's coming out clearly. I think when people have high emotional intelligence, though, they learn that they learn how to communicate, they learn how to foster relationships that are like in, I don't like conflict either. Like, I'm just like, ugh, it's gross. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, let's get away from the conflict as much as possible. And I don't ever want to be back there again. And I would avoid in the past. But I think there's, Mm -hmm. you know, when there is those moments, that's when you have the, you know, maturity and the emotional intelligence to pull yeah. yourself aside with that person one-on-one and talk to them one-on-one and not, you know, cause I'm actually part of a, a group right now where there's so much conflict going on and there's people calling mm. each other out in front. And I don't like that kind, like it's a bad mm. energy. And I think mm-hmm. for me, um, really mo- working on my emotional sobriety also shows me who I want to spend my time with and yep. who I do not, because if mm-hmm. I'm going to be around somebody and I have to protect my energy all the time, then maybe they're not meant to be in my life. Like they're meant to teach me a lesson. You know, I've learned mm-hmm. lots of lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're there in that moment to be the asshole, to call me the bully, whatever it is. Right. Right. Just so I can have that introspection and have a greater willingness to change, Mm -hmm. to improve my emotional intelligence, my emotional wellness. Right. I'm always talking about that on the connected calm life. It's like at the end of the day, it's all about emotional wellness. How do you play the game today? Oh, that's a tough one. Tough. You know, the lesson I've learned out of it too, is to have a voice and to say mm-hmm. something, right? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you need to say something to somebody if they, you know, I, I am learning to help 
other people learn how to treat me, right? Because I'll do certain things and they treat me a certain way and I will only add to it or I can put up those boundaries and say something and say, no, you can't treat me that way. Mm. So work in progress. I don't like doing it. I'm going to be honest. Like I don't, I'm like, "Eh." I know. Why do you think that is like so interesting, the human experience and how we're conditioned I think some of us just like to have things like the steady, you know, like I do, I don't, I don't like too high or too low. Like I finally Mm -hmm. got myself in a place in my life where I am kind of that even keel. So when something rocks the boat, I'm like, whoa, hanging on for dear life. I don't want to go in the water. No. So I guess this, this opens up the door to emotional sobriety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do we get there? Um, so I want to first, first I'm going to, um, you know, our friend Google gives us a lot of information and, uh, when you put in emotional sobriety, all these other things that people are searching for comes up, which is brilliant. And one of the questions is what does white knuckling sobriety mean? Which is the opposite or, or could be viewed as the opposite of emotional sobriety. Uh, so according to the American Psychological Association, uh, emotional maturity is defined as a high and appropriate level of emotional control and expression. Emotional Immaturity, on the other hand, is a tendency to express emotions without restraint or disproportionately to the situation. Calling somebody a bully, (laughs) disproportionate. Does Google say that? (laughs) (laughs) Or did you just add that in there? I just kind of add that in. (laughs) But you see what I'm saying, right? That's what we're talking about here. Uh, Emotional sobriety. So how do we... How do we experience emotional recovery every day, right? Because some days are just bad. Some days you wake up on the, you know, on the wrong side of the bed and you're just like tired or your kid's like late or your husband's like grumpy or the dog made a big pile of poop in the living room. Like, okay, life, like life on life's terms. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with it? See, I'm. I consider myself fortunate right now because I'm like single. I live by myself. So all of those external factors that somebody else could bring into my home, Mm -hmm. unless they break in and, you know, a dog breaks into my home and does that, uh, which would not be cool. Um, I have the ability to work on the side of myself now when it comes to other Mm -hmm. people in my circle. Mm -hmm. So I, I, Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful, but when you said white knuckling, I'm like, it was because I didn't have a belief in a higher power. Like mm. I, that was the first part that I was like, Mm-mm, nope, not doing that. Right. Because I was that asshole who made fun of people who had any sort of a religious belief, spiritual belief, really? like, oh yeah. Because I was for like, how long for like my, the whole time I drank. So 22 years. Oh, geez. Right. Like I was, I think back to it now and I said some Uh really stupid things to people. Uh Right. I I'm sure now I, now that I'm thinking about it, I have more amends to make, but, um, yeah, when I came, when I came into recovery and I was told, you know, you got to find this higher power. I'm like, no, 
no, I'm not doing that. Like there's nothing that was watching over me. Obviously Mm -hmm. there was because I'm alive. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. like, I think about that time when I was white knuckling it, where every time Mm -hmm. I drive by a patio and I'd see people Mm -hmm. drinking beers, I'm like, what am I going to do this summer? Like we talked about it in our fun episode, like my life is over. And it wasn't until, because I was so desperate, I think, to keep this. Mm-hmm. And I started going to church. Like, I don't go oh to my church. God. I know. I'm like, I need to do something because it was suggested to me that I start to listen more. Uh, yeah. And so I actually had a friend of mine tell me, you know, you go home and I want you to pray tonight that I'm taking did you. Did you pray? To- I did. Okay. I'm, she's like, I'm taking you to church on Sunday. I was like, seriously and she's like you're you're coming like if you're you have to do what it be willing to do what it takes and she goes I want you to go and pray that it's okay to let go and let God and you can stop running your life and all these Mm. things I'm like fine Mm -hmm. and so I did that and I was like okay God or whatever you are and I Mm -hmm. just had this conversation and then so we went to church on Sunday I was very did not want to go and we sat there and it was a really good looking youth pastor so that I was like, okay, this is okay. Like I can stay here for an hour and a half. This is cool. Cause he's hot. Cause he's hot. <laughs> and I was single. I mean, yeah. mm. obviously not the type I normally go for, but he walked over the side of the stage and I felt like he was looking at us. And he said, if you're here today, because you need to let go and let God, you're in the right place. And I instantly, like, even when I say that it's still, I still have a physical reaction to that. The whole service was about letting go and letting God. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to run the show anymore. And I was like, and my friends sitting there beside me, like just a big smile. And I remember walking Mm -hmm. out of that service and I just sobbed uncontrollably. And since then, I have never white knuckled it Mm -hmm. and I have started to work on my emotional sobriety Mm -hmm. because the G O D was in the room. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. So that's a, that's a little bit of a religious experience. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, because you're in a actual church with a religion. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what, what kind of, um, back like, Christian Catholic I think Christian I have no idea because it's not it's not something that I do yeah you know I've gone to church occasionally but it just Mm -hmm. I it's not your thing no it's not my thing right but it it was something I needed to do and it got me to where I needed to be at that time yeah that's really interesting like the god was talking to you Mm mm-hmm loud you 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 heard right you and it's so interesting to hear that it was uh, came in the human form of an attractive male, right? Because yeah. I'm sure if it was some old, you know, crotchety talking up that you would have been like not listening. No. So that's, that, this is what I love. Uh, the human experience have the human spiritual experience for each of us. It's so unique. Mm-hmm. so different. And it, it, it's like right on time. It shows us what we need when we need it right on time. You couldn't have planned that. No, no. Yeah. Not, not so that all. was the, that was a breaking point of your emotional journey or recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And were you, uh, in a recovery program then, or were you just, you were just white knuckling it until 
Oh, no, I was in a recovery program. You were okay. Got it. <laughs> That's Got where it. I got the advice. And I actually started listening from that point on. Got it. Oh, that's really great. I don't, I don't think I have an experience like that. Bummer. It's pretty cool. And she told me too, you need to like say God, it needs to mm-hmm. be like bright, loud, obvious, mm-hmm. because I don't do mm-hmm. subtle. I'm doing subtle a little bit now, but it's mm-hmm. like, it has to kind of be in my face because I'll just miss it. I didn't miss that. Right. But that's, there's a lot of people that just miss it. Mm-hmm all the time because we're so busy. Mm-hmm. We're busy bodies. We don't want to feel, we don't want to stop. We got to go. And we have a list of stuff that we need to get done. Mm-hmm. So I, I love your little story. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Well, it has to do with emotional sobriety, right? That yeah. I think that was the stepping stone. That was that first step. That's like, okay, mm-hmm. there's more here. And I'm not alone. I think that was the moment I didn't feel alone anymore. With the hot pastor up on Uh the stage. I emailed him. (gasps) What? Yeah, I told him he changed my life. He deserved that. I mean. He deserved. (laughs) I'm sorry, but when, you know, you look that good. Yeah, yeah. You deserve an email. Mm -hmm. That says you saved and changed my life. Yeah, I think. Amen. I think he wasn't single, so I couldn't, you know, pursue it. Couldn't yeah, go that no, way. No, no. I let that go. Okay. So now that you're approaching 10 years of recovery, uh, the emotional wellness path, emotional sobriety, uh, slow going, or are you all in on it? All in. It's a, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> there are times when I'm triggered. Triggered. Let's use a different word. Charged. Charged. Yeah. <laughs> Set off. Set off. Yes. There we go. (laughs) That's a good one. Um, you know, so it can, it can snowball very quickly, but I'm very Mm -hmm. aware of them because I think in my journey, I'm very, I I like to do the investigative stuff like, okay, Mm -hmm. why do I react that way? And what's making me feel that way? And, Mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of there right now. Mm -hmm. Slow investigating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of people I'm included in this, I think, uh, we do want to go slow, but life gets in the way and gets busy. And then we forget, uh, that we are on this emotionally spiritual kind of path and, uh, the 12 steps or this 12, this 12 step community, right. Uh, I'm going to read what it says here. I think this is kind of cool. Uh, It says, while physical sobriety is the act of not using addictive substances, emotional sobriety is the skill set that aids a person not to utilize addictive substances. While without emotional sobriety, a person will have a very difficult time with physical sobriety. And I will agree with that 100%. Would you? Yeah. Didn't we have that conversation the other day in Clubhouse about physical sobriety? Yes. So good. That's right. So if you're hanging out with us, we're over on clubhouse on Wednesday, Wednesdays at 12 15. Yeah. PST 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 clubhouse and come hang out with us. Uh, and we have live conversations over there. Yeah. I think physical, uh, 
physical abstinence is great. It's a start, but there's so much more that happens. Mm -hmm. There's just this unraveling that occurs or awakenings or aha moments. We go, we have to go deeper. We have to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I go back to that being just having the gift of pause and being able to pause in my early recovery. My friend, John would say, uh, you have one second to pause, start pausing. And I'd be like, what? He's like, you're a year. You're one years old. You're one, you have one second to pause before you react because every year you'll get an extra second. And I thought he was like joking, but it's been my experience that I can pa- I can, my pause is a lot longer now. Like it's even more than 25 seconds. Sometimes it's like maybe a day before I react. Yeah. Which is huge. That's good. I know because I used to react right away. I remember back in the, uh, back in the early two thousands when I was, oh my God, I was running this lingerie company and my phone was literally embedded in my hand. And I, I was like dealing with China and just designers, just crazy. And I would just be like, like reacting, not being present with like what was actually happening because I had so many deadlines and time zones. And one time I really messed it up. <laughs> because I sent the wrong text to the wrong person. And that's really hard to come back from. (laughs) Really hard, really hard. And having the humility to say, oh, that wasn't meant for you. But now that you've seen it, I'm really like I had no, re- I like no recourse, no response, nothing. I had nothing because I was real. I was calling the person out, mm-hmm. but I thought I was calling the person out to my partner, not to the person. <laughs> now, you know, yeah, it was, it was, um, not pretty. Uh, I was able to get out of it, but it was, yeah. Having that phone embedded, I didn't have 25 seconds. I didn't even use the 10 seconds. That's when I, I didn't even have 15 seconds. I, there was like no pauses. <laughs> so that's something that I really practice today is using that 25 seconds mm-hmm. before I do anything, because I don't want to, I don't want to have to sweep up and deal with wreckage for my, um, undisciplined self because it takes a discipline to pause. Right. I'm, I am an, an alcoholic in recovery who's still very reactionary because I'm very passionate about things, you know? Uh-huh. So I have to just be mindful of my pause and know that it's in there. Whew. It's hard, especially with parenting because, you know, Adrian will say something and I'll be like, and then, you know, my husband will be like, why are you engaging with him? He's 12. That's exactly, you know, he's, like, he's 12. I'm like, oh, and then, and then he'll say something. I'll be like, yeah, but and no, 
my husband's so even. I'm like, oh, please, you're not more. No, you are not more emotionally intelligent than I am. No, you do not have more EI than I do. No, <laughs> this is not happening. Hard no. It's not happening. But yep. that's, you know, somebody who's not in, you know, have the kind of alcoholic, you know, thinking behaviors that I go back to that reactionary response to my 12 year old. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, not gotta nip it in the bud. I know it's those things that come. I had a friend of mine tell me that, you know, she experienced that the other day with her husband, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She, something happened and she, something came out of her mouth. And as it came out of her mouth, she's thinking, oh my God. Oh my God. Right. And I can't tell you mm-hmm. how many times I've done that where I'm like, oh, did I just really say that? That mm-hmm. sucks. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how am I going to come back from that now? Mm-mm. And that pause, like you talked about, mm-hmm. is so powerful. And I think this is where like knowing where your emotions show up on your body, which is something that I have been learning, yes. Yep, is I've gone through the exercise, right, of the meditation of, you know, how does sadness show up? How does anger show mm-hmm. up? So as soon as anger, like my chest will go tight and it goes instantly Mm -hmm. to my head. Like, it's almost Mm -hmm. like I literally see the color red. Mm -hmm. If that physical reaction happens to me, I know, Mm -hmm. okay, do not open your mouth right now tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like you seriously Mm -hmm. need to turn around and walk away. But how long did it take you to get there? (laughs) 10, 10 years. Yeah. 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 See, this is, I think this is the common, uh, misconception where, our fellow humans, they find recovery and then they think, oh, I can do this. I can really, I've got this. I know my emotions. I am spiritually, mentally fit. I'm going to go out into the world and, you know, somebody cuts them off in traffic and they're like turning red in the face. Right. But they don't even know it. They don't recognize it Mm -hmm. because they haven't internalized this deep understanding of emotional sobriety and what it actually takes. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of support. It takes a lot of time. It takes a community. It's a lot. It is a lot. That was a rant, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it to like live a day by day by day to build that emotional resiliency. You know, and it's something that you give yourself every single day. Like it didn't happen for you just overnight. Can you imagine if it did? (laughs) No, No. actually. No, it'd be so weird. Yeah. It's like, why am I not responding or reacting to this? That's strange. Right. And you would miss it. You would be missing out on life. Mm -hmm. Right. So all of these emotional bombs that we have in our life are our experiences that we get to treasure. Like I'm going to go back to the crazy, someone calling me a bully. Like I really hold on to that moment. I think as I've been, as we've been talking, I think as a, as a a point of reference to be able to share with somebody else who's now called a bully Mm -hmm. because otherwise, because I'm constantly working on my practice, those old moments dissipate. I don't need them. Mm but the ones that really kind of sink into me, I know I'm going to use them later. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Super important. Super important that we don't have to um, beat ourselves up or say, why am I still carrying this around? You know, somebody said the other day to me, like, oh, you got to do some work on that. And I thought, 
you know what, dude? I do my work every day. Every day I'm like in my world working. And it was, it was really odd to me. They, they don't really know me that well. So it was mm. fine that they said that, but it's the emotional wellness journey is, I mean, it's not for everybody. No, Mm-mm. it's not. And, you know, I, you know, I've been working on my food for mm. a lot. Well, my whole entire life, let's be yeah. honest. Food is and tough. It is a tough one. And I think, yeah. you know, I see this over and over again is that people, they can't handle their emotions, right? They've got, say mm-hmm. they're sad. Yeah. And I did this up until last year, December, I finally hit a bottom and reached out to a friend of mine. I said, I'm mm-hmm. done. Like I, mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And because every time I felt an emotion, mm-hmm. I would try and numb that emotion with chicken mm. strips or ice cream or whatever yep. else. Yep. And so that would cause like an array of different emotions mm-hmm. that now mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with the sadness. Now I'm dealing with the shame and the guilt yep. and I feel sick Spiral. and, yep. you know, and I just start beating myself up. So it's like, mm-hmm. why do I do that? Like if I just mm-hmm. would have paused and said, you know what, why am I sad right now? Well, I've got this sad thing happening in my life. It's okay. Mm-hmm. How about instead of reaching for what's going to sell, like, you know, be that instant reward, mm-hmm. I go, okay, let's reach out to somebody in my circle, which I do now. I think that's how I've yeah. learned to stop that kind of behavior by adding all the different emotions on and being stuck in my head forever and ever is I reach out mm-hmm. to somebody and I said, this is how I'm feeling. And we talk mm-hmm. it through and that's it. And then it's gone. And I don't feel all the other feels. Mm. Feels. Feels. Took a while to get there though. Again, we need every single moment for our life to be full. Mm-hmm. Every single moment, every single moment to create the life that we're living. Do you want to mention the now what Academy? Do I ever? Yes. <laughs> I, I, you just made me, it, it, it like lit up in my brain what you were talking about. So I was like, okay, I think this is a good moment to talk about the now what Academy. Basically, do you want to change your life? Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a big question, right? Because a lot of people will be like, uh, yeah, maybe mm, uh, it's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And we've been there. Yeah. That's why we do the work that we do, right? We're, yeah. we're yeah. your tour guides on that journey. Yeah. But it's really like I got frustrated of not getting what I wanted in life. Mm-hmm. Right. I felt complacent. I felt like now what? Like what what do I do? And mm-hmm. for me, I mean, a friend of mine, we were talking about this the other day about when you're in your 40s and some people think, well, my life is half over. Well, mm-hmm. you still have another half to go. That's a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And maybe some people think that change isn't possible. And so the Now What Academy is a blend of magic, magical. I don't even like, I just get excited when we talk about it, where we mm-hmm. work on emotional intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. We look at your mm-hmm. belief systems, we get you more direction and clarity. And we talk about how the brain works and how you can actually mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. What would you like to add yeah. to that? Well, I was just, as you were saying that, I was thinking about, you know, women who are in their forties, fifties, sixties, how perhaps uh, their kids are older you know, uh, perhaps their kids have moved out and they're empty nesters. And there is that kind of, mm, what am I doing now? What do I want to do? And again, because we live in our culture and a society today where, you know, COVID has run our lives for the past two years. It's this, what am I doing? 
So how do we answer that question? It's hard to do it when you're alone. It's really hard because everything else gets in the way of that question. And sometimes uh, it's nice to have a tour guide to kind of take you down, you know, oh, here, let's go down this little canal street, right? So you can see the little shops that you would miss. You know, I think that's a really great way to share about it because when I go to a new city, I love exploring by myself. I totally do. But there's, we always hire a photographer to come with us. Oh, so much better. And then the photographer takes photos of us in the, you know, the, the fishmonger that nobody knows about, but only people in the city, you know, that. So having this tour guide uh, broadens the experience and allows, it allows me to go deeper. I, it's like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So in the Now What Academy, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be touring touring and playing really good music. It's going to be fun from the, from the nineties. Good yeah. times. Good times. So you can find out information at the now Boom. And guess the what? Now. For, remember, and you had to put the now what Academy. It's not now what Academy it's the now what Academy. Yeah. Very exciting. And if you get on the wait list, <gasps> you'll get a discount. Yes. So Everybody get on there now. Everybody <laughs> loves a discount. As soon I as someone a discount. says discount, I'm like, I'm in. I don't even yeah. care how much it costs. What is that? I need a discount. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, uh, you know, one of these internet marketers, uh, she's in the mindfulness meditation space and I had never heard of her before. And somebody sent me her, her information. And I'm always fascinated with what other, what, other, what other teachers are doing. So I checked her out and you get five practices for free. And then it stops you and says, and here's 30 practices for $27. And I was like, no, that just felt yucky. You know, and then I said, no. And it sent me a message, but you can have a discount. And I was like, oh, maybe I want the discount. All of a sudden I was like, oh, a discount? What? And I was like, no, forget it. Get, just stay focused here. <laughs> Why don't you say so in the first place? <laughs> oh my God, no. So yeah, get on the list. The moral of the story is get on the list. Get on the list. The now, the now what Academy. Yes. Yay. And then, yeah. Anything remember- else? Just, you know, join us in the community. Mm -hmm. It's less than a chai latte or about the cost of a chai latte. Yeah. It's really good. At Starbucks. Oh, meditations. Meditations, hangouts. So much goodness going on in there. And fun. I mean, we're going to have tournaments, (gasps) retreats. I mean, if you listen to, I think it was, you know, last week's episode, apparently we're all going to Vegas at one point. There's going to be lots of things going on. Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Yes. Palm Springs, not Vegas, Palm Springs, which okay. I, I'm changing it. I'm okay. redirecting us. Yeah. I'm already looking at properties. So please get on the wait list. <laughs> You're going to want to be a part of this. I promise you. Uh, my son and I are looking at properties. So <laughs> we're going to be your best friends. So, so if you're looking fun. for new besties, come join us. Come join us. Tamar, I love emotional sobriety. I think we're both in the middle of our boat rowing 
we're making it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slow and steady. Going to win the race. We are going to win the race. Yeah. Together. What was that? Win the race. Win the race. <laughs> are you making fun of my Canadian accent? <laughs> I'm not though. I didn't mean to. I'll have to do an inventory later. <laughs> Winning the race together. <laughs> Woo. All ships raise. What is it? Tides. <laughs> I'll have to do a sound effect to that for sure. <sighs> I love sound effects. All right, friends, we will catch you later. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for being here. Make sure to rate and review this show over on iTunes so others can find it and share it with a friend, right? Another Gen X who needs or maybe perhaps could use this episode. Until next time. Goodbye.